You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we are joined by Biscuit. Biscuit. In the flesh. In the flesh. It is I. <laughs> How our, are you? Our guest from Switzerland. Our international envoy from Geneva. From Geneva. You know, only important people come from Geneva. That's really? Hunter, yeah. isn't that where the UN headquarters is? Yeah, but that's not the only place where important people are. Yeah, I know, but like genuinely, like someone's coming from Geneva. Wait, isn't the UN headquarters in New York? I went to the no, UN. A, I went to the UN headquarters in New York. There is the or UN headquarters in New York, then there are other offices in Geneva, and they oh. kind of just let the main one be New York because. Where the money's at. All right. But uh, really, the graft is happening in Geneva. <laughs> a lot of it is happening in Geneva. Mm-hmm. That is pretty amazing. So you're, you're a peacekeeper. What's up? I am a peacekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's it been over in the uh, in Europe, in the West? Europe is interesting. Europe is, is a different place. It's a very different place. It's cool, um, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> and. Uh, the the people are great. I'm having to learn um, new language, new ways of doing things, and uh, it's cool. Got uh, plugged into a new church there recently. Oh, the services are in English. Yeah, yeah, it's an English-speaking okay. church. So they were based in in France, but now it's moved over into Geneva, and um, it'll be there for maybe the next two years as we build a new building and um, get into all of that. Wow. Yeah, but uh, Europe is interesting. Geneva is like what? 2% Christian? 2%. Yep. What? Europe is is really bad when it comes to faith. The statistics are terrible. Yeah. Sure. We are actually so much better in Africa. Yeah. In terms of our appreciation of faith and it being a part of our lives or being important. Just yeah. actually being important. So... We are looking to minister and really drive to people out there, but it's one of those where, yeah, God's not entirely necessary to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's and, crazy. Yeah. I mean, given the fact that the bulk of our missionary tradition actually emerges, <laughs> emerges from, from the Europe, years, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And that most of the missionaries who came and evangelized in Africa came from there and now... It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, kind of flipped around. When you look around. at it that way, that's actually crazy. Yeah. Why, why, why do you think that is, though? This postmodern society, too much reading, too much <laughs> education, <laughs> 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 too much technology. No, I'm joking. I don't know why that would be. The no, but post, yeah, but post, postmodernism, yeah. actually. Is postmodernism has done a lot to really kill faith, not just even Christianity, just any. Really, faith in general, Christianity, or, or anything in particular. that doesn't um, help your ego. Yeah. So there's a lot of. I mean, you'll find lots of meditation and all sorts of stuff. Anything that's nice and doesn't ruffle your your life feathers. There's lots of that. That's fine. So it's crazy how people will reject religion in quotes, but will adopt practices practices like Eastern mysticism, <clears throat> yeah. I guess, like meditation and yeah. yoga and and all of. All of that, which is all predicated upon a religious system, mm. but they, no, they just take that part out. Gosh, they're just human beings are just very interesting. 
think yeah. that's a, an interesting segue into our topic, mm-hmm. which is about um, something we touched on. I don't know if it was last episode or the one before that, but about the truth. Us as Christians in this room view the Bible as the absolute truth. Like there's nothing you need to add to it, nothing you need to take away from it. We believe it as it is. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to us. But then now in today's society, no one really wants to, or not no one, but fewer and fewer people want to accept that there is just one truth. Um, So like the way you're describing Switzerland, it seems like everyone's just kind of on their own tangent. Sure, you probably agree on some basic things, but everything else is kind of like you do you, whatever works for you, your preferences, your opinion, just do that as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else kind of thing. And that's where we are now. So we have the big T truth, which is the one we believe as Christians. And there's this little T, my truth, my own personal beliefs and my own belief system that I've come up with, truth, which is now at odds with the church. So that's what we're discussing today. Heavy topic, heavy topic. Indeed, it can go in a lot of directions. Yep. But how did it even like start to happen? I know it's been happening for a very long time because obviously the enemy stays introducing more and more lies through our different cultures, through technology, through different means that he uses to make lies eventually just be accepted as quote-unquote truth. For example, um, cohabitation, maybe. This is a good example. Very few people, let alone Christians, think there's anything wrong with that. Because it's just become something we see on TV and we... It just becomes something that's accepted. And when something becomes accepted, somehow we start to confuse it as maybe it's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, when you look at the history, just the, the history of, I guess, the history of the world, the history of thought, right? What's interesting to notice is that a lot of what we're seeing happening today is not new. Yeah. I guess there's nothing new under the sun, as yeah. the Bible says. So when you study the history of humanity, the history of thought, and how things have gotten to where they are today, you, you notice that there are many things that were already happening back in, um, back in the day. Right uh, in certain centuries, I think around the 14th, 15th century, where you had different people begin to question uh, the validity of truth, question the church. I think it's, um, I was reading about this. Uh, there's a guy called, uh, come on, I'm forgetting. It's okay, I'll, I'll come back, I'll come back to that. But the the whole belief that the whole the the guy who came up with the the notion that I think therefore I am oh not Alistair Crowley no 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 that's it's a different it's a philosopher I think it's Protagoras and it was then taken by it was then popularized by Immanuel Immanuel Kant who was a German philosopher mm-hmm. who um, was at the forefront of the of what's known as the Enlightenment and the Enlightenment Enlightenment era I'm forgetting what century that was was basically people becoming more enlightened that the authority of the church the authority of the bible was not was not all that uh or did not um represent absolute truth and so you had to question 
all of that and that's what led to the enlightenment enlightenment era and you can look all of that up but if you notice all of that it just shows you that as humanity we've we've always deviated from truth because because <laughs> we want to have things our way right and we want to question god's truth we want to to concentrate or to esteem our own truth and our own selves because of pride i guess so i'm just i'm just saying that this is nothing new but i guess it's now manifesting itself in a in a totally different way now in our era because of course mm-hmm. it's been it's being propelled by um social media and all this um u- ubiquitous access to to information which has really accelerated some of this yeah, yeah. Well, well look there's just so many ways of addressing this or even going into it um cookie's right this is not new and um and in my viewpoint it's it's rebellion and rebellion is very old we've been doing that for youngs killing <laughs> people not doing our offerings and god getting mad at us yeah i mean that we've it's been there and this is just another form of rebellion um which is closely tied to ego so i want things to work out for me my way so i will rebel but i'll rebel in the way that's most comfortable and least destructive mm-hmm. and the modern iteration of that is to say no you're not wrong you just have a different truth my truth is also right so leave me along in my rightness but it's i just find it like a truth is a truth like it's true or false like there's no all thing half truth is not almost truth like from when you're a child you're taught that it's true and it's false those pants you're wearing i say they are black and then cookie comes along and says no they're white everybody knows in this room that he's lying right <laughs> no. but then now in the world it's like well if to cookie they're white and they're white but no okay we're looking at the same pants they're black right yes but that is because you believe in objective truth and the world has since removed that it's removed definitions we are as we all know there's constant wars of definitions mm-hmm. you we can have a whole discussion about that and we have to some extent but everything can be redefined by the person stating it words mean nothing anymore so the word truth the way you understand it is not the way a young person understands it today it's just not because Uh, we we've had it from the highest seats i remember the most glaring example in our modern era was um while the former us president was still in office mm-hmm. and nonsense was happening and his pr person got up and clearly said we believe in alternative truths mm-hmm. and it was okay people were like what the heck do you mean and it never left till this day alternative facts yes yeah. but till this day because the truth and a fact are on, almost yeah, synonymous yeah like you shouldn't be able to argue shouldn't be able to it's just is yeah. but now i can view things yes my pants are black but maybe cookie's color blind and therefore to him the pants are green no but it's now i don't understand if you're color blind and then you see them differently but it's actually just him feeling like no to me black has now become but white. here's the thing does cookie know he's color blind in which case the pants are green that that's how it works yes there's an objective reality mm-hmm. but we as people have chosen that our perspectives override reality 
That is so dangerous. It is very dangerous. How do you have a society like that? But that's what our world is our world is pushing for. And um and you know what, T Mac, I'm with you there when you pose those questions. But really what this is is rel- relativism, right? Yes, it's relativism. Yeah. Where it's yeah, where basically we believe that truth is relative mm-hmm. and it's relative to whatever. But the problem with that is that if truth is relative, just that statement alone, right? <laughs> is that a true statement? It's not. You see, and but that I mean, okay, if, if I get up and say truth, all truth is relative, which is what the world wants us to believe today. Mm. In order for me to make that claim, I am making a statement of truth, mm-hmm. right? Which that all relative. truth is relative. So yeah. it's a self-defeating yeah. it's like sta- that statement. It's like example, I don't know which speaker, um, I, I, I know you know it, Cookie, where the guy was answering, uh, was posed the question of, of um, do we really exist? Right. And the person, as, as the lecturer, as they got up to answer it, basically asked, okay, before I answer this, who shall I say is asking? <laughs> so it, it's very self-defeating. I mean, if you don't exist, who are you? What are you asking? Yeah. If you do exist, then why are you even asking? <laughs> so it's the same with truth. Yeah. It, it can't correct. It can't be against itself and for itself. At the same time. What I think is crazy, and, and you're right, what I think is crazy is the whole thing that we want this to be the case when it comes to things that, I guess, that affect us or things that we prefer, right? When it comes to our preferences, we're like, uh, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll throw in the whole sexual and gender, sex and gender uh, debate, all of that, right? That That's a big one at the moment where um, it's, a, it's a heated topic on social media, in government, in all sorts of circles. And the moment you have a different view from what is regarded as the popular view, you're going to be castigated, you're going to be cancelled, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to be seen as this bigot. But the, the reality is that if somebody says, my pronouns are they, them, or now they you know, they're coming up with new pronouns, new pronouns like they, they, them. What's this? <laughs> I'm telling Okay. I'm telling you, there's like a whole bunch of and a whole bunch of other things. So, but this is what happens. It's a can of worms that you open up. Yeah. But then, why is it that okay? If I identify, okay, so I somebody says they identify as a man, will say they identify as a woman, and they're supposed to be respected and honored. Mm. Where do you draw the line, right? What if I then come to you and say I I identify as your child? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a real. So, like, are you, are you gonna? How are you gonna stop me? Yeah. Then you're gonna say no. That's yeah. violating someone. But I'm like, but you'll actually question your sanity. Yes, but why? But why is it that we don't want to extend that to those? Because we're, we're gonna get there. Where somebody will say, "Well, no, I actually identify. I identify as a car." Well, I guess that's already happening. But somebody can say, "I identify as your child." Yeah. Or I, I identify I, as a cat. Yeah. yeah, which all happens. And you're very right. The problem here is that you're thinking logically. And that's not popular right now. So, and this is why I go back to the whole statement that it's ego. Most of this extends to self. A lot of people uh, use the self-truth thing insofar as it affects their personal lives, but they do not ever want to think about the extended ramifications of that. Mm. You are so right. Left alone, 
it's going to get there. It wow. has to get there. It's the natural progression. But nobody ever wants to think that far. Nobody wants to think about if you erase the sexes, what happens? That's they just want to think about my um, comfort. Who's the... Sorry, you're going to castigate me. I know the mm. answer, but I'm just asking because the name has left me. The guy who did main Star Wars, the creator? Uh, George Lucas. Yes. Auntie, there's a character in Star Wars who's like... He's not attracted. He's like attracted to everything. Like he can be a tree, he can be an alien, he can be a human. What's that guy's name? In Star Wars. Is it Star Wars or Star Trek? I think it's Star Wars. Well, both of the series have now been doing that sort of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, you can pick he either. Played by Charles Gambino in the last. Oh yes, uh, yeah. He, he that was. Um, it, you're to, you're talking about the black character in the solo movie. Oh yeah. Yes, okay. uh, and he his name is I forget his name, but yeah, he's a prominent black character in the Star Wars canon. Mm. I know, yeah. I, I, good friends with Han Solo. But what's, Pe- what's his sexuality called? Well, now it's, I don't know what it's called, but now it's very fluid. Is that interesting? Originally it inter- wasn't. Intersexuality. Basically, he's attracted to anything, like, doesn't discriminate mm. <laughs> against you. And like, George Lucas probably wrote this, I don't know, these new things? No, no these are new things. Oh, I don't think new... they were in. The original character in Star Wars episode Three, when he was there, mm. it was not like he this. He wasn't like this. So people this is in Solo, the new Solo movie. Uh, yeah, that's okay. in the new stuff. Because I was thinking, how did he foresee that there would ever be a no. kind of person who would be like that? But yet in today's world, you have polyamorous relationships. You have marriages where it's like a person is married to like a man and a woman at the same time. And I even hate using the word marriage in that context. But yeah, it's just crazy that we've gotten to this point and it actually is like like you're saying this is not even the beginning but somewhere in the middle and it's going to continue it has to continue unfortunately so how do we as christians even like address it because it's not like it's happening outside of the church it's within our four walls you have churches that are literally specifically catering to transgender and the lgbtqi plus whatever letter they are now community where it's like the whole church is 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 like yeah yeah come this is what we're about we have to go back to scripture i think scripture tells us and scripture warns us this is why as christians we have to have a high view of scripture because if we don't we're always going to be following what the culture is doing so for example the whole concept of if you study the history of psychiatry what the definitions are being changed right constantly Definitions get changed. So what, what is normal? Yes. Do you know, recently, it's kind of like how um, so there's something that's recently been changed from being called like bipolar to being called something else. It's a lot, right. It sounds a lot more sanitized. Like it's almost as if you, it's not your fault. Like it's, it's, they changed their definition. Right. And so if... As Christians, if we constantly follow what the culture is doing and where the culture is going, we're told in Romans 12 to not be conformed to the patterns of the world. So these are the patterns of the world, right? Um, That's the first thing. Then Romans 1. Romans 1 actually is one of, for me, just one of those foretelling scriptures. or Very sobering, where Paul is talking about um, just all these things that we're talking about, right? That men um, became impassioned for one another and they left natural relations alone, like all of this stuff. And this is back then when Paul is talking about it. But if you look at, at where our society is now, this is exactly what's, what's happening. So it means, I, I would say, 
I think that it comes back down to us Christians being uh, first of all having a high view of scripture which which I think is a problem for a lot for a lot of us yeah. that we don't esteem scripture we don't elevate it to the position that it ought to mm. to have and so what what happens is that we're mixing a lot of other philosophies with scripture yeah. we we're kind of like ah no but we also have to cater to this and we have to cater to that but god was very specific about the things that mm. that that he wanted jesus was very specific you know and and so i think we're slowly getting to that point where there has to be a clear distinction between those who value and view the truth of god as is mm. and those who sort of want to i guess mix it and combine it with with other things and the other thing i also wanted to say is that we have to be aware of what's going on in the yeah. culture as christians and I, i know especially in this part of the world we tend to bury our heads in the sand yeah. here because we just sort of assume that ah uh, i'm a church person i grew up in the church everyone around me is a christian or they at least have some understanding of christianity and so we don't take time to study what's going on in culture we don't take time to um to keep abreast with some of the things that are happening and i think it's important for us you know those of us who are going to become parents those of us who are going to who are leaders in our various respects i think it's important for us to understand what's going on in culture so that we can have you know a correct response mm. to it to that i'd also add that you know for on this forum it's always good to also be prepared and i think a lot of christians just don't um some of these things aren't things that they even think about they don't think about what is truth they yeah. don't think about what the bible acts the impact or the purpose of the impact of the bible or those te- it is very little thought beyond the sunday message yeah and that's it the bible's open the bible sunday message closed for the week opened again next sunday closed no thought so when the world then comes to your school and says that henceforth the kids shall all refer to themselves as they you've got no pushback because you've read nothing you you know you don't know of the sanctity of sex shall we say you don't even know why yeah. it's so sacred yeah. yeah so you've got nothing in that parent teacher meeting you've got nothing to say <laughs> nothing to push back and say yeah. so then when you go to your work meeting at your offices there and they say you know what we're changing all the toilets to unisex you've got nothing to say yeah. <laughs> you've got no pushback you don't know why it shouldn't be like that but, but the thing is you might have a pushback but the in a secular society why would they care about god created them men and women he created them they're like that's cool that's what your holy book says mine doesn't say that but then it goes back to what cookie said we're not meant to be conformed to this what we shouldn't care what the secular society thinks about it doesn't stop us from actually saying that hey this ain't properly because secular society or not we're all god's children mm-hmm. at the end of the day we're all judged the same mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what the society thinks yeah. we're still supposed to say something about it or at least point out the error of their ways so it, it's it's tricky that it's is very tricky very 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 tricky i think the challenge comes when we start not just accommodating but when we start to just almost start assimilating mm-hmm. all of this and then we feel as if hey we want to be more loving right all in the name of tolerance we spoke about this i think in our last episode that we want to be more tolerant we and so it's all these 
terms that are being thrown around also that we need <laughs> we need to be aware of there's a lot of terminology that's thrown around i think a uh-huh. lot of word mixing has happened yeah somewhere along the lines tolerance became acceptance yeah they're right. not the there same thing yeah. totally, totally different. different we are meant to tolerate does not mean we're meant to accept mm. Very different. Very, very different. And so now it's become, if you do not accept me, you are intolerant. Which is, no, it's like, wait, you've, how did you jump between the two? Yeah, they're, they're totally different. They're not yeah. interchangeable terms. So those are some, I think, so those are some of the challenges. And more and more of this lingo is going gonna, is gonna to keep coming out, right? But, and, but it's all to condition us. It's all to condition the world. And also, we shouldn't forget that we're dealing with a very smart enemy, Mm-hmm. behind all of this. Of course, Ephesians 6 tells us that the battle that we're fighting is not against flesh and blood. No, that's yeah. not Ephesians 6. That's Second Corinthians 10. That says the battle that we're fighting is not against flesh and blood. So I think that already tells us that there's something behind all of this. And we have an enemy who's got a whole strategy and a whole plan and is going to work it whichever way that he can. And of course, he wants to derail the church. He wants people to become less and less attracted to the truth of who God is. So as Christians, we then have to ask ourselves, Gutiji, um, what does all of this mean? And also remember that God, God is fully aware of this and God has not left us alone mm. in, in all of this. So what's he expecting us to do as, as his children in these times? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I think what you guys have said so far is is what we can do. Equip ourselves for the battle. But my truth actually is just what you what you call my truth is just my opinion, isn't it? It's just your opinion. It's your your opinion which you've chosen to not try and defend. It's like when you you cannot it's indefensible. Yeah. So you've decided that I'm going to squash the argument by by just putting this term that makes you the bad guy <laughs> if you try and come at me. Yeah, pretty much. That is actually a very good yeah. summary of what he Yeah. Is. But also maybe what what might help us is trying to really define truth. Like is there an actual definition of truth? What what is truth? As in as the dictionary definition would be or as the biblical definition would be? I guess the biblical... Because Auntie Jesus says, I am the truth. Right. So what else do you need beyond that? And he is the word. So in essence, the word is the truth. Okay. And he is God. So God is truth. So that means that if our starting point is not God, if our starting point is not Jesus, then it can be anything else. Yeah, basically all truth should lead you back to Jesus. If it's leading you somewhere else, then it's not truth. Hmm. It's something masquerading as truth. <laughs> <laughs> and now with this, I was talking to a friend of mine actually um, a couple of days ago. And so he's a medical doctor. He he went to speak at one of the local high schools. They invited him to just come and, and, and talk to them, I guess, career guidance and a bunch of other stuff and then of course you know he's a christian quite an avid christian apologist and stuff and so they got into the conversation about gender so he was actually very surprised at the sort of questions that the kids were asking him he's like yo these kids are asking some really crazy questions Mm -hmm. which goes to show you that they're already aware of all of this stuff 
But you know, one of the things that uh, we then b- began talking about is how do you equip your children to live in the sort of world that we that we're living in? I think we went to school at a very different time, and you know, we we still had certain things, certain value systems that were there that society sort of held certain things as as values. I, I remember the school that I, the high school that I went to, which I shall leave unnamed. Um, we had this whole thing that there was no tolerance for for anything remotely like gay, gay, right? Like if anyone even exhibited anything of that sort, yo, yeah, guys, guys were, yeah, guys would just deal with you. Now, of course, I'm not promoting violence here or anything but i'm just saying that's the sort of society that that we grew up and i think it's very different from the sort of society that a lot of these young kids are growing up in Mm. where it's okay to it's okay for another guy to be for a guy to be attracted to another guy it's okay so there's all of this stuff where a girl is dating another girl right and it's become normalized so i guess my question is how do parents who have children who are you know, a lot of parents will work hard, save up money because they want to. They want to give their kids the best schooling possible. They want to send them to the best universities. You know, in Australia, in the UK, in the US, Cape Town, wherever. But some of some of these places are the very institutions that are pushing some of this stuff. So I'm just saying, how, how do they equip their kids for that? Also, how do even the teenagers and young kids today? Uh, who are Christians, prepare themselves for these sort of things? Mm. I would um, say, first off, that our parents didn't equip us, and that's why we've got these issues, partly. I can't speak for the West. I didn't grow up there. But in Africa, we were told our values and our principles. We were put into them. And we were not even allowed to question or think outside of them. Often, we were told the how and rarely the why. Just do. So, of course, when a person gains their freedom, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. they're going to get rebellious later once they realize maybe things aren't going according to that. And then they're going to look back and maybe consider everything questionable. Now, when you're questioning anything, everything, you permit everything too. Mm. And I think that's part of the reason we are where we are. We we were not, we were not, we were making, we were, we, our parents were making followers, not disciples, shall we say. We were, there was no teaching in any of that. I think going forward, what ought to be done is um, give, uh, accept that there's freedom of choice and equip young people with the ability to reason. Just that. That might be all you can do because you can't stop them going into the world. Yeah. You can't stop them coming across it. But what you can do is give them the tools to reason when they see it. Yeah. The tools to think about it and consider it when they see it. So when that young person makes a decision at 10 years old to follow Jesus, they don't reach 20 and think that, oh, I was dumb at 10. Mm. They say that whatever reason that I reasoned at 10 still applies to me at 20. So this thing I'm approaching now, I must measure it accordingly. Right. Unlike how it is where you stop and you think, ah, that was my parents who were Christians and they were forcing me anyway. Maybe we are all mixed gender. Right. 
you check. So I, I feel we need to equip. I, I think that's what we can do now. Just yeah. equip people with the ability to literally reason. Show them how... Because God's work is wonderful. It's perfect. Mm. It shouldn't be hard to show that look at how perfect and sensible and logical and basic and how this is so... Like it works. It works. It yeah. has to work. It's like that statement of if you... If, let's say you, you land on, a, on another planet and you find a, a, a piece of paper that's got uh, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony written on it. You can only make a few assertions here. You can't say by natural evolution this piece of paper occurred. Yeah. You can't. You have to say an intelligent organism did this. Right. I got this here. It, it, it's the only logical way. You have to assume design. You have to. Yeah. So if you can show a child that process that look at everything it only points in one way reason for yourself then when they come across challenges they can reason and say "Mm, this doesn't add up and they won't be taken away by it that's good (sighs) that's really good just to bring some correction to what i said earlier uh so i think i think therefore i am is renee descartes the one that i meant to to quote is uh, it's Dare to Know, which is what oh, gave birth, know which yeah. is which is what gave birth yeah. to the Enlightenment era. Dare to Know, Sap, I think it's Sapir Aude, which so Immanuel Kant then sort of carried that. Anyway, I just wanted to to, to bring that correction because I know that that those of us who know those who know these things, <laughs> and then and they're typing furiously. No, you are wrong. You are already giving us your truth. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow, man, that's actually really true what you're saying. Because, of course, you know, a lot of things, I guess a lot of things were assumed also with us growing up. But, I mean, the truth, guys, is that we're sitting here, we're in this studio, um, and we're all reasonably level-headed individuals, I'd love to uh, believe. Maybe with the exception of Tima. But, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're, we've turned out okay. Even given the fact that a lot of our colleagues, a lot of our friends just fell off, you know, fell off the bandwagon and stuff. So it, it I think a lot of it also has to do with being in a community of believers, being with people who, who challenge you or who encourage you to think, to, to, to think a certain way. Um, and then, of course, you know, the I guess it's just the grace of God to be honest. Because as you're saying this, I'm thinking about the fact that there's gonna there's gonna be a need for more intentionality to equip the younger generation. I work with the youth at church and one of the things that I constantly notice is that like these kids are very different from how we were when we were teenagers. Mm. You know, what they're exposed to. We had no smartphones, right? Yeah. For, for starters. I mean we had phones, but phones had not gotten to where there's they are now. Yeah, we're old yeah. guys. But anyway, so so now these kids have iPhones and stuff like everything at their disposal and that totally changes the way that they process stuff the way they process the world so it also means that even the way that we're delivering the gospel the way that we are um, I guess shaping them has to be has to be different because they they're dealing with a different kind of I guess a different kind of um, enemy in a sense it, it has to be different but something I often say to people is that People haven't changed. The human race, fundamentally, hasn't really changed. Sadness 
in 50 BC and sadness today is sadness. Joy is joy. Yeah. Anger is anger. Melancholy. Melancholy. <laughs> right, right, you're right. Melancholy. <laughs> Tribulation. Um, a lot of our core drives haven't changed because we were made in his image. We already designed proper. We're fine. Yeah. Our expression of those and maybe what triggers them, how they influence, those are external fight. Our environment has changed. But our fundamental selves haven't. So the struggles a teenager, listen, a 12-year-old today, let me jump it up, because, but it is 12 today, but 15-year-old today is dealing with heartbreak. The same one I dealt with when I was 15. It's not really different. Yes, their mean? heartbreak, I know we're not going there, their heartbreak <laughs> might be via, because the person sent put a tweet out or, or whatever or put a, a right. put an Instagram post up with a new bay and the guy's like torn up. My heartbreak is I received a letter and it said that we are no longer right, <laughs> it's different right. but we the people, my experience is the you. same. Just how changed. So we are we remain equipped to talk to the young people yeah. and new people because we have experienced what we need to do is to know how to speak in their language today mm-hmm. to express that the 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 wisdom from our life journey in the language they understand today right um and maybe that's where the disconnect is because as long as they can hide out on their own spaces that we're not even into then yeah they they will get lost in the echo chambers. In the metaverse. In the metaverse. <laughs> metaverse is happening, guys. You know what? As we, I guess as we draw to a close, I'm just thinking about, again, uh, the whole issue of scripture. And I guess for me, it's a personal challenge, you know, where we, we have to go back to the scriptures. We have to go back to we have to go back to that place where we where scripture takes a preeminent place in our lives because i feel like this is where a lot of our problems have have come from we don't value the word of god as much as we ought and so what happens is that we if you don't value it you're not going to study it right if you don't study it you're only going to have a base level understanding of it or it's just a very superficial understanding of it. But I think the more we get into scripture, the more we get into things like hermeneutics and um, understanding what certain verses mean. What did Paul mean when he wrote this scripture? Who was he communicating to? What was the purpose? What, what sort of world did Jesus come into? What were the challenges of the day? I think th- there's got to be a, a desire within us to learn the truth of God's word yeah. as Christians. And then that if, if we give if if we give scripture its correct position, mm-hmm. I think it's also going to help us. Because p- part of the reason why I think we're so insecure, even when it comes to dealing with this young generation, is that we feel as if we're not equipped enough or we don't know enough. Mm-hmm. But I think it just comes back down to let's get into the scriptures, let's get into the word of God, because that really is the basis for truth. And that is our compass. Yeah. yeah. That's a good place to end it, I think. Yeah, there's so much we could have. What's the word? I was going to do some very broken English just then. Anyway, You're allowed to do broken English. <laughs> there's so many ways this conversation could have gone. But um, I think, Cookie, what you've said is very true. 
that um yeah how can you defend something that you don't really even know so we have to better familiarize ourselves with what the word of god says with who god says he is because when we say god is love i also feel like that's one of those truths that has also been a little bit distorted yeah to kind of make anything go like oh well god loves everyone therefore so um yeah guys let's do our own homework let's get stuck in to the word and if you're feeling like you're not really loving the word right now pray about it ask god to reignite that fire within you that desire that to 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 want him you can actually pray for something like that for him to raise that up in you so that you kind of have more of an appetite for the word and can i read can i read something quickly yes, before please. we go so i came across this oddly enough a couple of a couple of days ago uh which is totally unrelated to um the preps for this episode it's a quote about truth it says what is truth Here's a simple definition drawn from what the Bible teaches. Truth is that which is consistent with the mind, will, character, glory, and being of God. Even more to the point, truth is the self-expression of God. That is the biblical meaning of truth because the definition of truth flows from God. Mm. Truth is theological. Mm-hmm. Then it says truth is also ontological, which is a bit of a big word. which is a fancy way of saying it is the way things really are reality is what it is because god declared it so and made it so therefore god is the author source determiner governor arbiter ultimate standard and final judge of all truth that's a quote from john macarthur and mm. i i i think this is so on point because uh, it yeah basically the fact that truth is both theological and ontological and i, I guess it makes sense Yeah, mm-hmm. it just makes sense. Yeah. And basically when things don't make sense, we should question. <laughs> yeah. <you laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm done. Awesome. Be careful of truth social. Go on. Be careful of truth <laughs> you don't know truth social? No What's truth social? Ah, guys. So, like after the former US president you no know, lost and he was booted off Twitter, he started his own social network called Truth. truth yeah, and people t- And you know how you got tweets? Yes. They they have truths. Oh, That's what they're called. Guys. No way. Yes, so whenever he says anything, it's called a truth. Hey, it's yeah, it's a truth. Man. No way. Yes. So this is an actual It's a full on social network. How, how did I miss this? Ah, it's it's been happening. Like <laughs> I need to go I need to go and look for it. <laughs> If you want to be radicalized, sure, go on. Yeah. <laughs> There's a exactly lot of stuff that happens on there. There must be some radicalization happening. Interesting. There. That's why QAnon yeah. is chilling. Bastardize. Bastardize. Guys, the truth is Yes, now you, the truth is now a social it's network, so guys. It's not a Anyway, thank you all for listening. And please do send through your comments. Even if you think we won't agree with them, we're happy to read them and to even discuss them later on the show. So send through your thoughts and we will catch you on the next one. Yeah. 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 Peace. Peace. Ladies. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiant@thehub.co.zw. or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot, it's fresh, it's uncut. #realtalk
on the Radiant Culture Podcast.